Hello, friend. Carm Capriato here with Remarkable Results Radio's episode 479. Now, no need to discover that millennials have come of age. We know that. We've done a few episodes on millennials, and this episode helps you navigate their buying tendencies in the age of Amazon quick and fast. A membership where I pay one set amount a month, and then anytime I need, like, oil changes, windshield wipers, bulbs, air filters, tire rotation, you know, scanning for trouble codes, all that stuff included. Welcome aftermarketers to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. A Remarkable Results Radio is so proud to partner with Napa Auto Care in the 2020 Napa Expo. Join Napa, including suppliers, industry experts, and your peers in Las Vegas, April 6th through 9th, 2020. It's the place where you'll discover the latest news and industry information, so contact your Napa store for the details and how to enroll. I'll see you there. Hi, friends. Carm Capriato, the Aftermarket Podcast Guy with the Aftermarket's Original Podcast. Over 600 influential episodes that'll allow you to be the fly on the wall as you hear your industry colleagues discuss all things automotive aftermarket. Our goal is to pass this knowledge to the next generation of service professionals. Sarah Frazier's here. She's a millennial who has a love for life, travel, and connecting with other humans. She has over 15 years of retail management experience. And to bring your customer service, marketing, and business knowledge to the automotive industry, she's recently joined the team at Haas Performance Consulting. This episode's talking points, Sarah's bio, and links to her previous episodes are at remarkableresults.biz slash E479. Now, don't hesitate to reach out to me with a show idea or a trend we need to discuss or ask me to recommend a podcast to help you with a pain point. Reach me at carm at remarkableresult.biz or find a quick link on my insider email or all over the website. And don't forget, I love coffee. You can join the coffee club at remarkableresults.biz slash coffee. You know, recently, millennials have become the largest generation recorded. So it's with this careful analysis that we need to understand what do millennial customers want? How do we adjust and what rules of engagement do we need to follow? Sarah warns that millennials do not want shop talk language, terms and acronyms that they don't know about. Instead, use visuals for explanation and use empathy when delivering explanation of costly repairs. And most importantly, Sarah says, you must be timely. And she explains. A warm welcome to Sarah Frazier from Haas Performance Consulting. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Carm. How are you? I'm terrific. Hey, welcome back again. I know you've been with me before. We've done a lot of great stuff together. And most recently, a live performance in Chicago. We were on a panel together. Glad to have you back. And of course, you were so outspoken about what millennial customers want from service professionals and uh, you and I both, I think, chatted and says, we got to do a podcast on this. Yeah, absolutely. It was just one of those things that sparked an idea. And I thought, why not do something where we can get all this information out there, you know, from my perspective as a millennial and what I want from a repair shop. And I could tell in Chicago that you didn't say everything you wanted to say. <laughs> and so now you have the platform right here. So 
Our objective is to share with the audience a millennial's perspective on being a customer of a service professional shop. Let's start out with something so simple, and that is, you know, I've got my mobile device in front of me, and I'm searching through, and I type in best, you know, automotive service in my town, and something comes up, and I do my stuff, my research, my looking for my reviews, and the things that a millennial would do, and what are those things that a millennial wants to see when they do a search? When I'm looking for a repair shop, I want good reviews. I'm going to read the reviews. And if, you know, I expect there might be a bad review or two, but I want to see that they've responded to it and that it's been dealt with and taken care of. Um, I want to see a shop that responds to their good reviews too. I want to see a shop that is up to date on their social media, that's posting things. Um, and I want the the availability to make an appointment online. I don't want to pick up the phone and call them. So that's that would be like the number one thing to me. If I can't make an appointment online, I'm probably not going to make an appointment with you. So that is like top of your list. Uh, I, I'm busy. I just I just want to use my finger and kind of walk through the the buttons here and ma- make an appointment. Sarah, a millennial, that's what you want. Yes, that is what I want. If I communicate with you in any specific way, or it starts out by, okay, here comes the appointment back and forth, and um, and you, you, of course, leave your mobile number, and I text you and you text me back, should that become the preferred methodology of how we communicate? Yes. We actually just had this happen to us personally. Um, my husband has a recall on his truck, and so he made he emailed the dealership to set up an appointment within two minutes, his phone rang. And it was like, if I wanted to talk to you on the phone, I would have called you. I wouldn't have emailed you. So I really think that shops need to understand that how a customer reaches out to you is their preferred method of communication. So if I message you on Facebook or email you, or if it's through a text app, that's how I want to be responded to. If I wanted to talk on the phone, I would have picked up the phone two minutes ago and called you in the first place. And I do think that, yes, there are times where you do need to talk on the phone, but then they should respond in an email hey, can we call you? Here are some times that work for us. So then we're expecting that phone call. Okay. And you're expecting that phone call within a timeline or time frame, right, Sarah? Yeah. Like basically set an appointment for the phone call is how I would say it. You know, if, unless I've picked, if I've called you initially and you call me back, that's totally fine. But if I've emailed you or texted you, that's how I want to be communicated back to. That's your preferred method. I think that's critical. And, and basically you're giving permission to someone to communicate back with you in that same style. And if you started out with text and you says, hey, listen, um, just here's my email. Let's do it this way. That then becomes the preferred method. Right. Do you ever go anywhere without your phone? Are you ever like <laughs> more than five feet away from your phone, Sarah? Um, if I forget it, <laughs> which doesn't happen often. No, it's pretty much always with me. I've tried, I've actually tried making a habit lately of putting it into airplane mode before I go to sleep, just so it's not the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is look at all the incoming stuff. Um, but I think that that's, it's actually a trending thing with younger generations now to take like vacations from their phones and social media and try to, you know, I, like I have a friend that just kind of disconnected her Facebook for the fourth time and then in two weeks, she'll probably reconnect it again because you miss it. But um, yeah, I'm always with it. What does she say? Have you, have you spoken to her? Says, so how did you feel for those couple of weeks? Were you okay? Did you feel you missed anything? She just turned it off a couple of days ago. So I'll have to check in with her again. But I think she did. That's why you put it back on then because you kind of have that FOMO, that fear of missing out, like what's going on in the world. What's, I mean, that's our source of news. That's our source of pretty much everything. So again, it can be 
overwhelming, especially. So my phone is my alarm clock. So when I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing I'm looking at. And now if I have not turned it into airplane mode the night before, I see all of my emails, all of my things that have, you know, all of my work stuff comes right to my phone too. So it's kind of for me, I've learned to check that part off so I can wake up and have a cup of coffee and then jump into work when I'm ready. You're realizing that the phone, uh, your lifeline to the world, uh, can really drag you down and, and, and make you inefficient and, and, and not get you focused on the things that you need to do. And and I guess as a boomer, and you're a millennial, and I know your dad's a boomer, uh, you know, we, we look at, at the phone as a hell of a tool. Uh, you guys feel that that's really part of your life. Oh, absolutely. And that's how, you know, we do everything. Like, so when I say I want to make an appointment online, I can't tell you the last time I picked up a phone to make an appointment for anything, a hair appointment, a nail appointment, uh, you know, we do it all online. Everything's scheduled online. <laughs> Even to do this today, I didn't pick up the phone and call you. <laughs> I emailed you and we scheduled it online. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. And and I'm, I'm slowly learning that total process of how people want to communicate. And I'm an emailer. Although texting is becoming really more prevalent and important, and of course, uh, direct messages in, in Facebook are, are also happening well for me. And, you know, I get it, and I understand it, and I think it's so cool how we, uh, we connect. But every once in a while, I, I forget my phone. Oh, my God, I'm an island. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's like a horrible feeling for me, too. Like, I used to work at a store. And our storage unit was upstairs and you'd have to take an elevator to go up there. And, you know, you're not allowed to have your phone on you typically working in retail. This was years ago. But every time I would have to go to the storage unit, I would grab my phone because I'm like, I am not going in an elevator and not having my phone. What if I get stuck in there? And that's just like a... Yeah, I think I did say the word lifeline, didn't I? And that's what you just described. Okay. Um, So, and you also say that, hey, look, if you don't respond back to me in a certain amount of time... I'm not a happy camper, and I'll just move on to the next one. And you really pissed me off, even though you may have been the first and the five-star and everything like that. Will you remember that bad experience the next time? Probably, yeah. If I've emailed you and you didn't respond to me or you took like five days to get back to me, yeah. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I understand if I'm sending an email at two o'clock in the morning, I don't expect you to respond to it, you know, within two hours. I expect, you know, the next business day, by the end of the next business day to have something. So, Sarah, subscription-based services are growing. Uh, As a millennial, are you doing that food and clothing thing? I am. I have probably at least five different subscriptions I belong to. Really? Uh, Yep. I have a food one where I have frozen food that comes in the mail like once a month. I have a workout clothing one, coffee one. Yeah. So it's, and it's just convenient, you know, and especially for things that we want or need, we pay one price and then it shows up. Um, And so that's something I actually would love to see in the automotive industry. I would really like to have a membership where I pay one set amount a month. And then anytime I need like Oil changes, windshield wipers, bulbs, air filters, tire rotation, you know, scanning for trouble codes, all that stuff included. So, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> throw millennials under the bus, but we're not the best at budgeting. And so having that just set fee and knowing that anytime something comes up that we're covered for those certain things would be such a awesome service to have. Let's brainstorm that. I think it's a fabulous idea. And one, I think you're right, the millennials would be the probably most acceptance of it. How do we pull this off? What do we call it? I mean, how do we start? I've kind of looked into it because I was curious if this was a thing. And I found one shop, I want to say it was in Washington, that is doing this. And they had it set up 
for like a regular customer was one fee. And then they had it like a Uber or Lyft driver was another fee, like a little bit more expensive. And then they had like a corporate fleet one too. And I'm like, how? I'm like, I want this where I live. Like, why is there no shop here doing this? Um, so I think this is something that would be really cool to get more shops on board Well, there with. are shops doing that. I, I mean, I've, I've done enough interviews uh, over the last four and a half years to have heard this type of story uh, and, and service and process. However, I, I here, here it goes, and I start putting my logic process mind together, and I'm starting to think, okay... I need a piece of software that would automatically bill your card every month. I mean, probably not that difficult to get with the current, say, shop management systems, right? No, I wouldn't think so. I would think you'd be able to have like a membership website and have it. I mean, I don't know the full technical logistics of it, but I don't think it would be that complicated. Beautiful idea. Wonderful. No doubt uh, it's probably being done. So I would love to reach out to the industry. Anyone who's listening that you're doing this, please write to, uh, you know, Sarah uh, or myself, Carm at RemarkableResults.biz. And Sarah, do you, uh, you want to give out your email or not? Sure. It's sfraser 8 one five at gmail.com. Perfect. We'd love to do some follow-up on this thing. Excellent, excellent. So as a millennial, and I know I have a, I have a millennial daughter, Sarah, I think uh, same age as you. I mean, she loves to feel special when she goes shopping and has a, an experience. She always come back and say, well, Dad, I just felt like a million bucks. I just came back from whatever she came back from. Critically important. And how does that work? How do, how do we bring that to the repair business? Well, I think this subscription thing could be a big part of that because that makes me feel like I'm in on something, like I have an exclusive something, you know, and if maybe part of that membership was because I do this monthly, now if I have a larger repair, I'm going to get a discount on it Um, because you see me all the time, it creates an experience where I go get my nails done, like she is the girl to go to. I was just with a friend of mine the other day that was complaining, you know, she had this horrible experience, her nails looked horrible, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm like, no, you have to go see this girl at this place. Like she will take care of you. You know, she knows my name every time I come in, even though it's been four or five weeks, she asks me about, you know, the last trip I went on. She remembers all those things. She does this, this, you know, she creates that experience. Where I've had my nails done many places and, you know, sometimes it's fine, it's satisfactory, but it's not something I'm going to go tell everybody about where this place gives you that experience that you want to tell people about. That's what I want from a repair shop is that I come in and they know who I am and they go above and beyond and they take care of me and they make me feel special. And now I'm going to, you know, anytime somebody's like, oh, I have this going on with my car, I can be like, oh no, this is the place you need to go. I have the best person. Hey, it's Carm here to tell you about the best shop management solution for your auto care center, Trax Enterprise. Now, since Napa introduced Trax in 1989, it's been the industry's leading shop management system out there. Today, Trax Enterprise offers even more of the features auto care center owners want. Things like a powerful interactive scheduling calendar, faster and streamlined workflow, multi-shop capabilities, easy pay consumer financing integration, and more. That means you can count on Trax Enterprise to help drive your success today and well into the future. The tabbed interface lets you open and view multiple estimates, ROs, invoices, and purchase orders all at the same time. You can even place windows side-by-side, over or under, or drag a tab from another application outside Trax to open another window. One auto care center owner said he loves being able to have 10 to 12 work orders open at once. 
Enterprise also offers a Microsoft Outlook-type calendar, so you can view daily, weekly, and monthly schedules, drag-and-drop appointments between days and times, and block time to indicate length of work. Punch-out to Mitchell Pro Demand is another huge benefit. It provides embedded labor, part, maintenance, and fluid capacities that can be transferred to estimates and repair orders within Tracks. Tracks Enterprise also streamlines parts ordering. Just one click, and it's done. The mobile capture app sold another auto care owner on Tracks Enterprise. He said there's no reason to write VINs by hand anymore. You can decode the VIN from a mobile device and send all the information directly to Tracks. There are reporting features too. For example, with just a couple of clicks, you can find out how many repair orders you've written in a month. Talk to your Napa Auto Parts store and find out more about what Tracks Enterprise can do for you, plus the hundreds of other great things the auto care program has to offer. We talk so much about it. Yeah, you you got to have number one customer service. And of late, it really needs to be you need to provide a customer experience. For sure, millennials want that. And, and they, they uh, I'm not trying to say that they demand it, but they sure do shop based on those experiences, don't they? We do. And if you give them to us, we will share them, which is even better. You know, if you give us an amazing experience, we're going to tell everybody about it. So should I talk geek to you while you're in the shop? (laughs) Uh, No, I have no idea what industry terms are. So this is something that I kind of laugh about because my dad and I were just talking about this the other day. You know, you see places that say Asian auto repair. I don't know if my car is Asian or not. (laughs) That's That's a good point. I'm like, I really don't know. I'm like, or, you know, you tell me that you have to do diagnostics or you're going to do an LOF on my car. Like, because I've worked in the industry, I know that that's an... How about this acronym? (laughs) We're going to do a DVI on your car. Oh, no, don't do that. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what that means. Um, So I think that's something that I think when you're in the industry, you use the terms all the time. You know what they mean, but we have to stop and think about this customer has no idea what I'm talking about. So don't use... um, words with me that I'm just going to, because I'm just going to, I'm not going to tell you I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to nod and smile and pretend. I'm going to walk away going, I have no idea what they're doing to my car. So what if I found something critical on your vehicle and I had this like iPad and this video that I could actually show you how the system worked? Would that matter to you? Yeah, I think visual would be awesome. Or even I know there's a lot of shops that are now doing the where they can snap a picture and text it to you so you can actually see what's happening in your car. I think you know, that just creates transparency, that creates, you know, trust. I can actually see what happened and, you know, they're showing me what needs to be done and explaining to me why this is so important and why it needs to be done. I think that the visual piece is is really nice. Here's the deal. There isn't a customer from any generation, including millennials, that doesn't care about honesty, trust, transparency, and even empathy, you know, been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, you know, when I go in and I brought my car in for something and all of a sudden you're telling me it's going to be $950, I think, you know, you, which is totally fine, but to somebody who maybe is not the best at budgeting or who is buried in student debt, that's a huge number. And so just a little bit of like empathy when you deliver that, I think goes a long way. Any problem with being treated anything other than a woman? Yeah, I really think you just need to treat customers like humans. You know, don't act like I don't know something just because I'm younger or because I'm a girl. Like we kind of talked about this in Illinois, the whole female friendly repair shop, which that doesn't appeal to me. I just want to go to a repair shop that's 
human friendly, you know? So I think that, and I think we're kind of getting back to that of not singling out the female friendly repair shops and just kind of being more exclusive or not exclusive, inclusive. Do you still love to get mail? If, if I was a shop owner and I wanted to send you a, a feature on what's going on at the shop, uh, it's, it's time to winterize your vehicle stuff. We, we get so much junk mail, but do millennials like to get mail? Yeah, this is the thing is I absolutely love to get mail. Now, my dad hates it. It's all junk. It's all bills. It's all garbage. It's, you know, it's different for us. And I think it's because we've trained ourselves that we get good things in the mail. I shop online. There's, you know, every four days, there's probably a package from Amazon on my doorstep or, you know, one of my subscriptions things has come in or... Only every four days? <laughs> well... Come on. We're We're constantly getting packages that we want in the mail. Like I love physical mail. Um, because your world otherwise has nothing you can touch. It's all, it's all just in the vapor, right? And that's where my junk is, is in my email. So I think for marketing, if a shop were to send me a coupon to my email, I would never see it because my repair shop has that email address that I give to every single other store that I shop at that I never go and look at. You know, it's not my actual email. It's the email I have set up for all the junk I don't want. You know, maybe if I created a relationship with that shop and eventually someday trusted them and moved them into my regular email, knowing they're not going to send me junk every week about this, that, and the other thing. Um, But that's where our junk mail goes is our email. And so getting real physical mail is... I actually enjoy it. I like getting things in the mail. Um, The only thing that I don't really like is... The things that come across kind of as like a scheme, like the scratch off deals or um, I've seen this a lot where you get this note or this postcard that's supposed to like handwritten, but it's been obviously like mass printed and you know it's not handwritten. So like that doesn't feel honest or transparent to me. There's so many come-ons that, that do things to make you want to open it. They sound official, IRS-ish, if you will, IRS-ish. <laughs> I know. All right, great advice from a millennial. Uh, you know, we tend in the automotive aftermarket to uh, be open five days a week. And I wonder if that's convenient enough for millennials. For millennials, probably not so much. I think as we get into the younger generation with Generation Z, maybe a little bit more because a lot of them are starting to do the work from home or the work-life blend. Um, But a lot of millennials are still in Monday to Friday, nine to five jobs. For me personally, I, I work from home, so that doesn't affect me. But I think for a lot of people in my generation, having a Saturday or a Sunday availability, maybe if it was even just two Saturdays a month or two Sundays a month, you know, and if maybe I was part of that subscription, that gave you access to being in on a Saturday or something oh, like that. That's a cool idea. But because your life is um, orchestrated, I mean, am I saying the right word that you, you, you know, you know where you're going to be each and every moment of the day and you've got to figure out how to get maintenance and or repair figured into your life. And in the Saturday and the Sunday thing. Or even later hours, you know, if I could drop it off at five and pick it up at seven for, you know, an oil change or something simple. So what if you drop the car off and I had a lockbox with a key for a loaner? Would that work for you? For me personally, and I, I think this could probably go for a lot of millennials, is we tend to have a lot of anxiety. And for me, driving somebody else's car gives me so much anxiety. I don't even like to drive my own car most of the time, but yeah. Um, so I would not want a loaner car. I would prefer that you credit my bill for the amount of my Uber or my Lyft or pay for the Uber or 
arrange a shuttle or something like that. I got it. So Uber, Lyft, um, anxiety. I mean, I don't want to put out my my couch and, and go into a deep dive on that. But you just brought up something so interesting. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Should I be um, community-oriented? Should I be, you know, a recycler? Would you want to know that about my kind of shop as a millennial? Absolutely. That's huge to us. We want to do business with people that are involved and doing good things that make us feel good and that are part of the community or that are, you know, donating to things that we're interested in or something charitable, something good, knowing that you're an eco-friendly shop goes a long way. I just want to touch back on the anxiety piece. I'm um, going back to the very beginning. I think that's a big part of why we don't want to pick up the phone and call a shop in the first ah, place. Oh, breaking the code here. I love this. Go ahead. Yeah, there's that anxiety. And um, it, a big part of it is I don't want to be asked a bunch of questions that I don't know the answers to. And, you know, I know my year, make, and model of my car, but I don't know how many miles are on it. I don't know the last six of the VIN. I don't know that. And I don't know what they're going to ask me. And so that creates this whole like, I don't want to pick up the phone and call them because I don't know what to expect once I call them. So if you got a text with that information, you would be able to go and find it and not sound like uh, I wasn't in total control over the phone. The anxiety of not knowing. Another thing, too, I think with uh, websites and social media is it's so nice to have something that gives you visual images of what to expect when you get there. This is what the waiting room looks like. This is what, you know, where you're going to check in, what it looks like, pictures of the staff. So you know exactly, oh, that's Mark. That's who I talked to on the phone. That's who I'm going to go see today. Like, you know exactly who you're looking for. You know what, I think that's huge for us to know in advance what we're getting into. So uh, websites on, on your smart device, they've got to come up pretty quick. They have to pull you in, obviously, if you're looking for a shop for the first time. But now that you've got yourself a shop, uh, do you ever go back to the websites or are you pretty much done with that? And now you live in a world of texting. Um, I like the shops that have apps because then you have the app on your phone. And so if you need to make an appointment, you can pull that up or a lot of them have it set up to where they give you the notifications when you're due for a service, when your oil changes due which that is huge for me. Don't make me think. Don't make me remember. I don't remember when my car's due for an oil change until that little light comes on and I'm like, oh, now I'm way overdue. Okay, anxiety. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So All I right. think the, I mean, we use apps for so many different things. I mean, I've got so many on my phone, I couldn't even tell you how many. And I think just having that that notification come through, hey, your oil change is due in two weeks or something like that. And then you can make the appointment right there through the app. Interesting. Uh, as a side note, you know, ASA has an app program and, a, and an app company. And I know there's been a, a lot of shops now getting apps. And this kind of lends perfectly into uh, the millennial. You just give me an app, communicate with me, let me know what's going on. And when that, when that pops and I see it, you're basically communicating with me now at my level on the needs of my vehicle. Yep. And I mean, we're seeing it too with so many places like reward cards. You're not carrying around a punch card anymore. It's an app. And that's just so much more convenient. Now I don't have to have all these things in my wallet. I know exactly. I've been using an app for reward cards for years. And uh, of course, you you always have your phone on you. And they say, do you have a rewards card? And I'd say, all right, hang on. And I, I forget to have it already up and ready to go. And, you know, uh, instead of having it hung off the keychain. Anyway, it was great having you on. I learned an awful lot, you know, 
if if it's texting then keep texting me if you know don't over speak to me in in geek language be convenient for me uh send me some emails and give me a great experience thank you sarah appreciate that sarah frazier from haas performance consulting and our walk down expectations of a millennial customer for the service professional thanks 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 for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.